everyone, it's Jeff from Modern Combat and Survival. On this podcast, I've got a whole new panel of experts to share some awesome survival tips with you. But you've probably never heard them before because these experts are not coming from the magazines, the television shows, or our exclusive group, a network of expert instructors. This panel is coming straight from our listeners and our followers. Check this out. Bullets were flying, your adrenaline surging. Would you hit your target? If the world as you know it crumbled tomorrow, collapsed into chaos, would you know how to survive? If you and those you loved were cornered by a gang, violently attacked, could you protect them? Could you protect them? Could you protect them? Firearms training, urban survival, close quarters combat. This, this is another podcast to help you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. This is Modern Combat and Survival. Hey there, everyone. This is Jeff Anderson, editor for Modern Combat and Survival magazine. And I'm really excited about this podcast because, as you know, I, I network with a lot of different experts out there in the tactical firearms realm, military contractors, Navy SEALs, survival experts, self-defense experts, people that you read about in magazines, people you see on television. And as much as I love interviewing these people, some of my very best tips don't come from those interviews that we do on the podcast or they don't come from the interviews that we do for our New World Patriot Alliance uh, program. They don't come from the people that you would normally think of as the experts because they come from people that I meet and engage with out there when I'm out at an event somewhere, or people that write into our Facebook page, or people that write on our blog, or they send us an email, or I get some amazing tips from you, the people out there who are listening to the podcast, who are reading our magazine, who are in our membership uh, area for the New World Patriot. And so I thought I would go ahead and take some of these tips that you've submitted to me or that I've talked about with people out on the uh, out on the road. I was just at the NRA show, met some great people out there that recognized me, came up. Um, I spoke at the Self-Reliance Expo, some people that met with me afterwards I was at the SHOT Show. Anytime somebody comes up and they and they greet me, I always ask them, what's your number one best survival tip that you think that I don't know? Or what's your number one best firearms training tip that you think I don't know? I'm always asking people that because learning it never stops, right? Even for people that are out there that you would consider experts, learning never stops. At least it shouldn't stop. So I'm always looking for your best tips. Now, if you have a tip that you want to share and you want us to put it out on the show, we always give a special gift for those people that submit things. So we have a special little tchotchke that we can send out to you. You just have to go to mybestsurvivaltip.com, and that will go ahead, and you'll have you'll see that there's a form there. You can submit it, and then if we choose yours in one of our magazines or we, we publish it somewhere, we'll go ahead and contact you and send you out a little swag that as a special thank you for submitting it. But what I want to do, I have five tips that I want to share with you today that I've recently got from some people that I think will really be beneficial for you. I know it was for me. So I'm going to go ahead and line these up here. Here's the first one is from Maria Kay. And uh, I love how Maria starts this out. So Maria starts out, you might be surprised at what this old bat might think of. Do you know that two pair of cheap, easy to fit in a pack 
pair of pantyhose is 10 times warmer than expensive, bulky, long underwear. And they're very strong for tying things up, can be used to filter gunk out of water, etc. Now, I did a little bit of Google research on Maria's claim that they're 10 times warmer than long underwear. I couldn't find anything specific to how much warmer they are, but a lot of people saying that they are warmer. Now, I wish I'd known this back in the days of the 10th Mountain Division when I was out in 27 feet of snow freezing my ass off. But we did have pantyhose out there. We, we use them for road marches. So if we were out on a road march, what we would do is we would wear pantyhose, and then we would put on a pair of dress socks, our, our military dress socks, and then we put on our military wool socks before putting our boots on. What that allowed us to do was it made the, it kept the friction between the socks and not between the socks and your skin. So it helped prevent blisters, which can certainly, you know, devastate your feet when you're trying to walk for long distances. Okay. But that's how we use them. But I love her idea of using this for warm, for cold weather gear because obviously long underwear can take up room in your pack. And you know me, I'm a light, pack light, freeze at night sort of a guy. Okay. So, pair of uh, pantyhose don't take any room up whatsoever you just ball them up they go in there they take up no room they take up no weight it's a great idea from Rhea and they're multifunctional as well so you can use them for all sorts of different survival uh, survival uh, uses that she talks about like filtering stuff out of water you can uh, you can even create you can take and put like mud inside of it if you're in a if you're in an area that's like a very dry and arid but you see damp ground you can even put damp uh damp soil inside of the pantyhose and you can wring it out basically using it as a filter and get some water out of it and then of course you have to purify that water too but when you're trying to find water so there's, there's tons and tons of uses for pantyhose but i love that you can this is really lightweight cold weather gear so thanks for that maria now the next tip comes uh this is kind of a story so uh it's a first-hand account uh, not a first-hand account. I think this is a this is a, a an account from somebody that was in a uh, in a disaster. But you'll get it anyway. Neil A. and this came into our Facebook page for Modern Combat and Survival. And Neil is from West Virginia. And here's the story. He says, not too long ago, when windstorms knocked out power to a huge portion of the state, a guy I know got stranded at an exit with an empty gas tank. He was not prepared, and there were no gas stations within 90 miles who had a way to get him fuel. He phoned a friend, had 10 gallons delivered, and a crowd started forming from the very large group of folks in the same boat he was in. Two men attempted to flank him while he was filling the tank, and luckily his, fl- his friend that delivered the fuel was packing, drew his firearm, and alerted him to the imminent attack. The guy filling the tank also drew his weapon, which thankfully was enough to deter the would-be gas thieves. They completed the refuel, one can, then they moved down the road to empty the other in a secluded place and got out quickly. This was less than 24 hours into a multi-day problem for the state due to those storms. Panic is a very bad thing, and when you're in an area where folks are in a panic over their well-being or that of their family, they will do things they may not have realized they were capable of. If you're in a situation like that and you are one of the haves, surrounded by the have-nots group of people, be quiet and be vigilant. Now, I love this. I love this story. Not that it happened, but, you know, the topics that we cover inside of modern combat and survival are not typically like wilderness survival type things. I'm not teaching you how to make lean twos out there out of sticks. I'm not teaching you how to rub two sticks together. 
because that's not my background. My background from being in the combat, being in combat, being in the military is more of an urban survival. It's being in urban environments and around large groups of people when there's a state of crisis going on. I know what it's like when there are riots, when there's looting, when there are, are protests going on. Uh, all of these things, uh, especially in an area that is seeing a crisis with infrastructure, so there's no sanitation, water, no power, uh, food supply is scarce. All of those things, like Neil said, put people into a state of panic. And the thing is, is that we are all, as human beings, hardwired to survive. It's our instinct to survive. It's our very most basic instinct. You can't get any more core belief, Not even it's not even belief. You can't get any more core biological than our own instinct in order to survive. And when people are in a state where survival really is a, a life or death reality, people will do things that they normally wouldn't think of. So the neighbors that you see next door to you, if their family is starving, you, you know, you might be used to seeing them on the weekends and tipping a beer or, you know, while they're mowing lawn or whatever it is, you know, people change during times of crisis. So you really do have to, as Neil says, you have to be very vigilant, but you also have to be very secretive about what you're doing and how you're, how you're maintaining your preps, what you're doing as your preps. They're not things that you want to brag about because those same people that you see as your friends, your fellow citizens in your nice peaceful area with all the picket fences can quickly turn when it's a crisis. So I thought this was a, this was a great story by Neil that I think really illustrates the reality of what can happen in a very short time period when people are in a state of crisis. Okay, I've got three more tips coming up for you, and one that is coming straight from the mouth of somebody that I just talked to at the Self-Reliance Expo. I'll tell you more about it here in just a few minutes, but first, check this out. In any disaster, crisis, or attack, your life and the life of those you love could solely rest on the survival gear you've acquired. Do you have the proper gear to protect you from the threats you'll face? Whether it's preparing your home against the destruction and mayhem of a city in chaos, or you're bugging out to a safer location when a natural disaster forces you from your home, the supplies you have right now could ensure your survival or seal your fate. Don't take the risk. Claim your free copy of our exclusive guide, Survival Gear Secrets, at survivalgearsecrets.com and discover the seven-phase survival gear plan every family must prepare for or face the consequences. Five no-bullshit warning signs that a collapse is headed your way, so you're already in action long before your neighbors even know what hit them. And how to know exactly when it's safer to stay at home and shelter in place. Or get in the family bug out mobile and get the hell out of Dodge. Your fellow citizens may be fine with sleeping in a crowded stadium waiting for FEMA to hand them a granola bar, juice box, and a blankie. But you know that no one can protect your family better than you can. If you're properly prepared with the right supplies and equipment to ensure your survival. Don't wait until it's too late. Find out what's missing from your survival gear plan by grabbing your free copy of Survival Gear Secrets now at www.survivalgearsecrets.com. And now, back to our show. Okay, we're back with survival tips from the field. These are survival tips that I've gotten from people that I've either met out on the road or have submitted them to our Facebook page to uh, put them on our blog or 
on our New World Patriot Alliance membership site. And so uh, this I've got a really special one coming up. So I recently spoke at the Self-Reliance Expo on the topic of bugging out and bug out bags. And after the event or after my after I got off the stage, one of the people came up to me because I, I I ended it with, look, if you've got a survival tip, come and see me because I want survival tip. Like I said, I'm out there seeking this advice, okay? So somebody came up and they had a really great a really great tip for me. And they do follow modern combat and survival. And so he remembered this old post that I had about fire starting hacks. And one of them was to be able to use cotton with petroleum jelly because petroleum burns and the cotton burns. And so it's a way that you can, you can use an accelerant for the, uh, for the cotton to be able to better use a fire. And I say this after I just got done telling you, we don't do a lot of wilderness survival stuff. But building a fire is universal. Any whether you're in an urban survival setting or whatever it is, these are the types of tricks that you can really use. Okay, so um, but he said, I really like that tip that you have, but I've got an even better tip for you with the same thing. So check this out. This is straight from uh, from one of uh, the people that I just met at the Self Reliance Expo. Really great tip. Here you go. I'm Tom Welch. I came up with a way for, rather than using petroleum jelly cotton balls, take the cotton pads, dip half of it in the petroleum jelly. That way it burns longer, but you can also flake out the other half that you don't soak in jelly, and it works great for using a fire starter. Okay, awesome. Thanks so much for that tip. And I really, again, if you guys see me at some show, like I was just at the NRA show, I was just at the SHOT show, Self-Reliance Expo, I like to get out there, and if you see me, just go ahead and make sure that you corner me. Give me your best tip, and I'd love to get you into one of the future shows as well. Now, next one coming up here is from Mary J, and she has an idea for using, check this out, radiant barrier attic insulation. So radiant barrier, radiant barrier attic insulation is a thin sheet of woven metallic-like fabric with pin-sized air holes. It's durable and reflects heat. It's also quieter than those easy-to-rip space blankets. I have several sheets of it folded flat in my bug-out bag, and it doesn't use much room. It can be used for camp as a campfire shield, under a sleeping bag, or wrapped around any, part, any body part to help retain heat. It will also shield your body from extreme heat, such as fire and falling brimstone, he says, lots of laugh, laugh out loud, um, should, you, should the need arise. So this was awesome uh, tip from Mary, because I, ha- I had never thought of that before. I'm not, look, I'm not a very handy person, right? Like my, uh, my, my stepfather growing up was a contractor and electrician, and I never got that bug. I could barely build the damn toolbox in woodshop class in school. So I'm not a very handy person. So this was something I had to go and look up online to see what she was even talking about. But it makes a lot of sense, right? So think about that as an alternative or something that you can you can go ahead and, and wrap up, put inside of your bug out bag. Doesn't take up much room, doesn't take up much. Uh, it's very lightweight, but it has a lot of different uses. Now I've used aluminum foil for different things, but this is even sturdier than that and has a lot of different uh, a lot of different ways that you can use it. So check that out. I bet if you use your imagination, you can come up with even even better ways to be able to use it. And I'd love to hear what those are. Okay. Okay, finally, the uh, we've got bug out bartering backup. So uh, this actually there was no name on this one. I'm not sure where this came from, but knives are the most used item in any survival scenario. But the vast majority of people never carry one. 
Carry an extra knife or two with you. They can be the inexpensive pocket knives rather than expensive survival knives you're carrying as your main blade. They make a great bartering item for those less prepared than you. So this is a really good tip because we do talk about barter items and what and the different things that you can carry with you that will come in handy to other people who aren't prepared and allow you to barter for things that you might need, whether it's services, whether it's water, whether it's food, things like that. There are little small, don't take up much room, don't take up much weight that you can carry with you and that are not very expensive. So some of the things that we've talked about in the past are things like sewing kits. Anytime that I go traveling somewhere at the hotel, a lot of times they'll give you these little sewing kits inside the bathroom right next to the Q-tips and everything else. These little care packages that they give you. Every time I'm there, I go ahead and grab those. And whenever I see the, um, the, the maid that comes by, She's got the little cart. She's taking care of the rooms and everything. I slip her an extra five bucks as a, as a, um, as a special tip. And I ask her if I can get a few more of those extra little things. She usually hands me a handful of them. And, uh, they, I love to just stick them away, have a little, a little bag of them. I have, I have a whole bag of them that I like to use just in case. So those, that's one example. Uh, little mini Bic lighters are another really good example of small, bartering item that you can carry with you, right? Because people are going to need to start fires. Uh, little lighters can come in really, really handy. Those little, those little small Bic lighters is what I'm talking about. Okay. But I also like this idea for pocket knives because, because they're right. I mean, knives are, are an essential tool pretty much for survival, but you're going to find that a lot of people don't have an actual knife on them, right? So, these are, I'm talking about the, the ones that you can even get at the, the little like truck stop stands and things like that. You can get them really expensively. They're up by the cashier. You can pick some, some of those. Now, look, they're not amazing blades, okay? They're probably cheap Chinese crap that you're not gonna, you know, they're not gonna last somebody a long time, but for survival purposes and bartering purposes, it's better than what they don't have right now, and it can come in really handy. So, uh, really handy for you, really handy for them. Okay. All right. Well, those are the five tips that I've got for survival tips this week. Now, next week, we're going to be doing the top five or not, not the top five, but we're going to be taking five submitted tips for tactical firearms as well. Now, if you have a tip that you would like to put in for a future show or our magazine, and if we publish it at all anywhere, we'll go ahead and contact you and make sure that you get one of our special little tchotchkes that we've got that we can send out for free as a special thank you for you. Now, all you need to do is go to www.mybestsurvivaltip.com and go ahead and use the form on that page to submit it. That's the fastest, most direct way to get it to us to make sure that we have it. We might not see it if it's just on the blog or on our Facebook page or inside of our members area or anything like that. So make sure you go to www.mybestsurvivaltip.com and share with me your best firearm self-defense or survival tip. All right, and until our next Modern Combat Survival broadcast, this is Jeff Anderson saying trade hard, stay safe, prepare now. This has been Modern Combat and Survival. Survival. We hope you've enjoyed the show. You can help us out by rating our podcast on iTunes and leaving a comment. You can check us out on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Modern Combat and Survival. And don't forget to claim your free subscription to Modern Combat and Survival magazine at www.moderncombatandsurvival.com. Lock and load. And we'll see you next time. 
This has been Modern Combat and Survival. 